Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. I believe that's what we're experiencing right now. A new season. Bringing, I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing us back to a, just a clearer picture of who He is. You know, we talked about miracles. This is a house of miracles. How many of you believe that? Come on, how do you know that's not just a song? <laughs> this is a house of miracles. Why? Because the miracle worker shows up every time we show up. This is His house. This is a place that has been designated for you and I, the church, part of the church, to come together to worship Him, to magnify Him. And when we do that, the miracle worker shows up. Nothing has to be manufactured. The Spirit of God is in this place, people. (laughs) And we just simply avail ourselves to it. We recognize it. We are humbled by it. That the very creator of the universe in the form of his spirit is right here with us right now to minister to us, to love on us. Somebody just needs to know that he still loves you. He's not forgotten about you. He's not laid you to the side and has moved on to something else. The devil is a liar. The Spirit of God is here for you too to let you know. You know, the Bible says the latter rain would be greater than the former. I believe that's where we're at right now, church. Now is the time to be the church. Now's the time because we are in an exciting time. We really are. Thank you, Miss Rebecca. I appreciate that. Thank you, Lord. And I believe, church, let me just say this and we'll get right into the word, but I believe that you are a church that understands because of clarity and understanding. We talked about that insight that comes from the word and from the spirit. That we understand that as a church, we don't just come to church for a miracle. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Hear me right. But I believe we are raising up, the Spirit of God is raising up a people right here in Sulphur, Oklahoma to understand that the miracles of God are not just for us, but the miracles of God are supposed to be flowing from us. I'm ready to see miracles outside of the four walls of this church because the Word of God says that signs and wonders would follow those that just simply believe. And I believe that. And I believe, church, just like right now, the Holy Spirit breathed on us. Did you sense that? His his life. The life of God, the Spirit of God, they are interchangeable. They're one and the same. The Spirit of God is the life of God. That word spirit in the Greek in the New Testament is the word pneuma, which just simply means wind or breath. I want you to know something. Every time the Spirit of God breathes on you and I, it's so, hear me church, it's so that when we leave here, we can breathe on somebody else. 
Do you see how this works? We come to church to receive what He has for us, but it's not just for us. And that's what I mean about the time that we're living in. It's the most exciting time to be alive because the Spirit of God is setting us up to really be the people that we were made to be. Not just to come to church, but to be the church. Not just hear a word, but live the word. Not just see change, but be the change. Let's get into it. That was just my introduction. Hallelujah. When the, when the wine runs out. Now this is not going to be a sermon on drinking. I want to make that very clear. When the wine runs out. I want to ask you to go with me to John chapter 2. <laughs> You'll understand when we get to the end here. But uh, I just love how the Lord sets this up. <laughs> we sang about his miracle working power. This passage in John chapter 2 is the first recorded miracle in the Bible that we know of. The miracle at the wedding of Cana. Where he literally turned water into wine. The wedding at Cana. Let me read it to you. Are you ready for the word this morning, church? I know that you are. I know we're ready. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Move on the hearts of your people as we get into your word. Speak to us. Bring change. Show us things that we need to see for today that affects our tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. John chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, this is Jesus now talking to his mama, his earthly mama. Dear woman. If I talked to my mama like that, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, watch this. My time has not yet come. I need to say to somebody that's been feeling that, when is my time going to come? When is my time going to come? Notice. Jesus himself said, woman, my time has not come. But notice when we get to the end, he still did what he said he wasn't going to do. Showed himself, showed his glory. I'm feeling this today, church family. We don't go by feelings, but I'm feeling this today. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. And his mother, Mary, said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. I just want to follow the Holy Spirit. I believe if there was one phrase or one nugget that I could give you today in this time that we're living in church, in very precarious times, the Bible tells us in the last days there would be perilous times. We've got to know, just like the sons of Issachar, we've got to understand the times that we're living in. The greatest advice I could give to you today, church family, as a minister of the gospel, is this. Do whatever he is telling you to do. 
Live by his words. What is the Lord saying to you right now? What is the spirit of God telling you to do? Speaking to your heart to do. Whatever that is. Is to take that next step. Or to, to, to humble yourself in a certain area. Or to go to somebody that you know you need to ask for forgiveness. Or to go to somebody who you know you need to forgive. Just do whatever he's telling you to do. You know he'll tell you how to run that business. He'll tell you. Do whatever he tells you to do. I believe that's, that's something we can take right there. Ooh, Mary was on to something. Mama, you know, I could have saved this for Mother's Day. This would have been a great Mother's Day message. But I'm thankful that in this church, we don't wait to just honor the moms one day a year. So, Mama, this is for you, even though it's not Mother's Day. I could have titled it, Mama Knows Best. That would have been a great Mother's Day message. But hear me. you got to see what, you gotta, you gotta see what Mary saw. Do whatever he tells you. Why would Mary say that? Because Mary knew who she had given birth to. <laughs> he knew. She knew, excuse me, who she was talking to. And she knew what he could do. She knew that he could change the entire situation. She knew that he was the only one that could change that situation. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding, watch this, this is a lot of water, from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the serv servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim, and then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. Verse 9, stay with me. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. Talking about, if you really just want to know where we're going today, we're going to talk about change today. Turn the water into wine. Then verse 8, I'll read it again. Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. And he did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first. And then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. I want to just tell you, I can back it up with scripture. He has saved the best for now. Your best days, church, have not come and gone. Your best days, our best days as a church are not behind us. They are in front of us. He has saved the best till now. And verse 11, where I'm going to stop. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. I want to just share with you what the Lord's laid on my heart when the wine runs out. We're talking about change today, the power of change. And I'm talking about real life change, transformation. 
transformation. That's what we see here. It was a wedding, a wedding at Cana. Cana was a very small town. I tried to look at this and tried to, uh, just as I do, just as I meditate and study in the Word, and I was looking for maybe some, some, some things that the Lord would have because we all know that, that places are significant, names are significant. But you know what? After studying about Cana, there wasn't much there to study. Cana was a lot like Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the place where Jesus was born. Bethlehem means house of bread. Bethlehem was only known as a bakery. That was its claim to fame. It had a bakery there before the Messiah came. Cana, the same thing. Very small town. Nothing much to say about Cana. The Bible doesn't have much to say about Cana. Just that it was a little town outside of Galilee or in Galilee. Little bitty town. The name Cana means place of reeds. Maybe it just had a bunch of grass growing everywhere. But here's what I want you to know. Mary, the Bible was very clear. Mary was there. Mary was not only invited. The Bible says Mary was there. See, Mary came from a small town. Mary was considered lower middle class, the mother of Jesus. Stay with me. She would have been considered in that time and culture lower middle class. It is very plausible that the the people that were celebrating and the family, the, the, the wedding party that was celebrating this very wedding at Cana, it was very plausible that Mary could have known the wedding party personally. And that's why she was there. And the Bible does tell us that Jesus and also his disciples were there. But I saw something in that because, see... This, they obviously, it was a small town wedding, it was a small town family. And one other reason I can draw this conclusion is that when they ran out of water, they obviously did not have the means to go get more. Small town wedding, small town family. Lower middle class. But here's what I want you to hear. But Jesus was there. <laughs> Jesus was there. He came to where they were. He came to celebrate with those that weren't celebrated. And I love this about the Gospel of John. He also does this same thing in John 4. He talks about the woman at the well. The woman that nobody else wanted to mess with. Jesus was there. He went to where she was. Jesus went to where the wedding was. Why? Because that's just kind of how he, that was his thing. He was there. He came to where they were. He came to celebrate with those, watch this, that weren't celebrated all the time. John 5, he does it again. The Gospel of John, John, he, he does it again. The crippled man at the pool of Bethesda. Crippled, less than, disabled. Not normal. And here comes Jesus, shows up at that very place. And here at the wedding of Cana, this was his first recorded miracle. You know what that tells me and you? That Jesus makes the insignificant significant. (laughs) 
If you feel, I've come to tell somebody this today, maybe even watching online, if you feel overlooked or undervalued, you could be next in line for a miracle. This could be your day. Because that's how Jesus operates. He's here today. And He's here for you. You could be next in line. Everything was going great. Now watch this. Until the wine ran out. And you may be here today and you've heard me so far and we've looked into this passage and you may not think the water, the the wine running out was a very big deal. But if it was your wedding, it would be a very big deal. Why? Because the wedding day for the bride and the groom, especially the bride, The wedding day is the most important day of your life outside of accepting Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So let's just look at it for what it is. Maybe to us today here, it maybe doesn't have that much meaning, but if you were the bride, it sure would. The one day she wanted everything to go just right. Come on, we've had some incredible weddings here in our church It's the one day you want everything to go just right. And so there was a dilemma. There was a problem. Because the one thing that was needed was no longer available and they didn't have the means to get more. And everything was great until they ran out of the wine. And see, our text today centers around Jesus turning the water into wine. Jesus came to bring change. If you're not happy with where your life is right now, it can change. One thing I want to tell you right now, you don't have to stay the same. Staying the same is a choice. Because when Jesus truly shows up in your life, it is an opportunity for you and I to literally be changed forever. And I'm not just talking about changing what we're going to see today, not just changing water into wine. This passage gives us so much more than that. But can I just go there with us today? Can I just speak to your heart today? Would you let me do that? Would you let me just speak into your heart as the Holy Spirit helps and He's here to do that? Jesus came to bring change. If you're facing what seems to be an impossibility, it can change. It can change. Because we serve a God... That does not change. (laughs) Oh, Pastor Manny, that was then. This is now. Miracles were for then, not for now. Well, I I beg to differ. Because of what God's word says, not because of what I say. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he changed 2,000 years ago, he's still changing today. Because he does not change. And that's the key to change. It's understanding that we serve a God who does not change. 
My first point, yeah, I do have a few points today. Hallelujah. My first point, you can write it down. The God that never changes can change everything. Oh. The God that does not change, your God that does not change can change every, everything. He can change everything because he does not change. Come on. The hair on our head can change. Mine's changing, getting a little more gray. The bank account can change from time to time. Can I get an amen right there? People can change, but God don't change. And see, that's what I want you to hear. The God that does not change can change everything. Number two, here's where we really get into it. Number two, change is triggered. Change is triggered by the spirit of expectancy. The key to this whole thing, even though Jesus, the man, the God man, was there, nothing changed until Mary spoke out of her mouth what she did. Do you see that with me today? Jesus was there, but nothing changed until Mary spoke out of her mouth what she spoke. That's what brought change. My point in that is this. Mary shows us a picture of faith. Mary spoke those words and they were words of faith. See, faith and here's what I want you to see. It, was, it really kind of got my attention. I'll just read it to you again. When, in verse 3, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And then Jesus said, dear woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. Notice she did not say, okay, I'll wait. If that's what you say, I'll wait. Was she contradicting Jesus or was she being rebellious with her son? No, not when you really look at it. You got to understand something. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was carrying this very revelation and understanding for 30 years. Jesus was 30 at this time. Mary was not being contrary and, and, and rebellious with her son. She was carrying something. She knew what she knew because it was revealed to her when she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And the angel came to her and said, you're going to have a son. And his name will be called Jesus. And he will save his people from their sin. Mary was carrying this. For 30 years. She knew who he was. For 30 years. And so here's what she said in essence. If I can just break it down. Jesus I know what you said. It's not my time. I know what you said. But I also know who you are. That's the game changer. It's knowing who he is. Knowing what he carries. Knowing the power that he has to change. Some people just don't think their situation will ever change. And you know what? It won't. <laughs> Until you change the way you think about that thing that you don't think is going to change. Mary could have sat on that all day long. Okay, we'll wait. 
But that's not what she said because she had understanding. She knew something that some of the others at that wedding did not know. And so Mary, she said, I know what you said, but I also know who you are. And I love this. She said, do whatever he tells you. Watch this. Faith requires obedience. Some of us have not really truly walked in change because we've not truly walked in. Hello, obedience. See, hear me today. It wasn't the children of Israel's shout that brought down the walls of Jericho. It was the children of Israel's obedience that brought down the walls of Jericho. They were told by Joshua what to do. When it didn't make no sense. See, that's faith. Faith requires obedience. Faith requires an action. That's what Mary shows us. Faith. Real faith. And that's what brings, around, brings about change. Real faith brings about real change. I'm talking about real change today. And when, she, when Jesus said, it's not my time, watch this. <laughs> it's never his time <laughs> until we choose to put a demand on the anointing that is on. When you study the Gospels, it was never their time until they stepped into and put a demand on what he was carrying. Talking to somebody today. We can wait our whole life. Well, it's just not my time. Oh, I heard that right there. Well, it's just not my time. No, I'm here to tell you. It's just simply time for you to put a demand on his anointing. Put a demand on his power. Put a demand on his word. What does his word say about your current situation? Are you sick in body? Put a demand on what his word says about you've already been healed. Speak it out of your mouth. That's faith. Faith does not deny the doctor's report. Faith just simply continues on in spite of it and believes in spite of it. Why? Because we know that there is one who does not change. If he healed my grandmama, he can heal me. If he changed my crazy brother-in-law, he can change you. Now, my brother-in-laws are not crazy. I was just using that hypothetically. You hear what I'm saying? If he changed that crazy, <laughs> I had to clean that one up. Pastor Craig is bigger than me. <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying? If he changed that, let me change that. If he changed that crazy family member, he can change you. See, the reason I know this is because it wasn't, it wasn't, the woman with the issue of blood's time until she put a demand on his anointing. I just, all I got to do is if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how change happens? Do you see how that woman who was suffering for 12 years in an instant, gone. I believe we're coming to a day, hear me, I've, I've, I'm not just up here just rambling. I believe we're coming to a time where we are going to begin to see more and to a greater degree the instantaneous power of God. Come on. If he did it in the, in, in, in the New Testament, if he did it in, 
and he's not changed. So what's changed? He's not changed. The church has changed. We just simply don't put a demand on anything anymore. We're okay. We're comfortable just coming to church and getting a little sermon. And then we, oh, come on. Let's give it up right there. That, if you're gonna, that's a good place to clap. Put a demand. That's what the woman, at the, uh, woman with the issue of blood did. How about the Roman centurion? Nothing changed. It was not his time. When he had that servant that was sick, almost dead. It wasn't his time either. Until he put a demand, until he spoke to the the one who did not change, does not change. Just say the word. And I know my servant will be healed. I've come to tell somebody right now. When you begin to change what comes out of your mouth, you'll see your life change. I believe that with all my heart. Just say the word and I know my servant will be healed. See, we can change what we see when we can change what we say about what we see. Ooh, told you I was feeling it a little bit today. But that's it. Change is triggered by the spirit of expectancy. We respectfully expect Why? Because we know our God don't change. He still saves today. He still delivers today. He is still setting the captives free today. If you're in this church and you are being held captive, ooh, I'm here to tell you, would you just hear the word of the Lord today? Put a demand on his word that says he has come. That's why he's here to set the captives free. That's real change. I love that. Because church, it's not until we walk in our freedom as the church of the living God. It's not until we are walking in freedom that we'll ever see anybody else walk in freedom. And I don't know about you, but church, it's getting late in the ball game. I played a little bit of college baseball. And when the ninth inning rolled around... That's when the intensity rose, especially if it was a close game. That's when we really wanted to just play our best ball because it was getting late. We couldn't just sit back. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come back on them you know, early in the ball game. We'll come back and we got, we got game to play. We still got a lot of game left. I'm here to tell you, we don't have a whole lot of game left. And now is our time to be playing our best ball. Be living this thing, church, the way we were intended to leave it. Not casually, not haphazardly, not intermittently. Aren't you thankful your God isn't an intermittent God? He's a steady God. He's a faithful God. And that's what I believe it's the time that we're living in. Ooh, I'm not mad at anybody today. I'm excited about what the Spirit of God is saying and what He's doing I believe he's working, church, in ways that we don't even know. I believe he's working in the hearts of you and I. I believe there's, he's literally stirring us. He's literally just really, I believe, going to places in our lives, in our hearts that we've never let him go before. Why? Because it's the time that we're living in. You have a part to play in this. Just like Mary had a part to play in that entire wedding party going from despair to rejoicing. Rejoicing. 
And what I love about our God, and I'm almost done, stay with me. He saved the best for last. (laughs) It was better than it was before. I hope you hear me today, church. It's going to be better than it was before. It really is. And here's my last one. Point number three, change around us begins with change within us. Watch, I believe Jesus didn't just do things just to do them. I believe there is great significance in looking at how he performed that miracle. He didn't just say, boom, there you go, you got more wine. Thank you, you're welcome. No, he gave them instruction. He said, fill those water pots with water, right? Gave them instruction. And then as they were obedient to do what he had told them to do, again, obedience is the key. But when they were obedient to put water in those six pots, those six jars, watch this. Then Jesus said, now draw some of that water out and take it to the master of the banquet. And when they did, what did it say? The water had been turned into wine. But watch this. I believe it's very significant as I come to the end. He had them fill the pots, the jars with water. See, real change, and this is where I've really been going this whole message. Real change happens on the inside of you and I. That's where the change really happens. Real change, those pots, he had had them fill it with water. Why? Because he was showing us a picture, a metaphor of how real change really happens in the life of a believer. In the life of somebody who recognizes when Jesus is in your midst. He's not just here to try to make you a better you. He's here to change you. He's here to make you a completely new you. That's what he taught. That's what the word teaches. Not just putting a band-aid on something, but truly being healed, delivered, transformed. And here's what I saw. Brother L.A. reminded me about this a while back, and it just, ooh, it was so good. And then here he is. He brings it out in a message. It was so good. But when you truly understand not only the significance of when Jesus said, put Water in the pots, in the jars. Watch this. Water is a natural. Water is natural. You can go get it at the lake. You can go get it at the park. It's, it's natural. You, it just. But wine is not. Wine has to be processed. Wine has to be made. Now watch this. I don't know if you see the power of our God in this story. I don't know if you just see this morning. I'm trying to help you get there. But I don't know if you truly see the power that Jesus walked in. Even in this simple uh, story of this wedding. The Bible says he turned that water into wine. Can I just tell you in the natural it would take, there's a process to that wine to be changed. First, it has to be, begin with a plant. 
Winemakers start with the vineyard. They plant the, the vineyard. They plant the vine. And that vine has to grow. And then that vine, after it grows, it has to be, the grapes are plucked off. And then after they're plucked, then it has to go through a, a pressing. What I'm trying to tell you, it's a process. And then after processing, it's bottled. And even after bottled, what I'm trying to say is, just to go from the ground to the bottle takes at least three years. And then before that bottle is distributed, it takes at least another three to five years. What's my point in that? Hear me as I close. Jesus literally changed the molecular structure of that water by just a word. That's real power. And I just believe I'm talking to a group of people that maybe sometimes it's not what we learn, it's what we have to unlearn that gets us to real change. I said a thing right there. Sometimes it's not what we've learned, it's what we have to unlearn to get us to a place of change. I'm here to tell you I believe we're living in a time where what we have been waiting on 5, 10, 20 years to see God do in our life, I'm here to tell you, He's ready to do it right now. Why do, I, how, why do I say that? Why do I say that with confidence? Because I just know my confidence is not in me. My confidence is what God's Word says. My confidence comes from Him. And I'm just willing to take Him at His Word. Either we believe it or we don't. The days are gone of just believing what we want to believe in the Word. If it's in the Word, we want to believe it. We want to live by it. We want to walk by it. We want to put a demand on it. So in closing today, I just wanted to tell you, I believe I didn't have uh, an unction to have anybody come forward, but I do want to just close this way and Rebecca now would you come and just play for me I'm not going to have anybody come forward but I really want you to listen right now because I believe that I've said everything I've said today to just try to show you in the word just the power of change and transformation and just what happens when you and I would just simply recognize who is in our midst? I don't believe we just sang about it today. I believe we were declaring it today. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I, I, nothing wrong with that. But I believe, church, that I'm speaking to somebody. That you're in desperate need of change. You've tried to change. You want to change and you've tried to change. But yet you find yourself today just still not changed. Well, I'm so thankful. Maybe you are, like I said already, you can just play whenever you're ready, Miss Rebecca. Maybe you are here today and if you would be honest, like I said already, you don't feel like it will ever change. I really felt in my heart. You're the one I'm talking to today. Because the one that does not change, if he did it for somebody else, what makes you think he won't do it for you? 
but it probably happened for that other person because that other person put a demand on it. That other person was willing to say, I need you. See, we have to understand, church. Real change begins within. And for somebody today, it's just recognizing, Lord, this is where I'm at. I'm asking you to go inside right now in your heart. And with no shame in your game, with no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Ooh, I was excited about this today for you. Because I understand. If he has the ability to literally change and transform the molecular structure of that water into something completely different. I just choose to believe He'll do it for you. And He'll do it for you. This is faith now, church. Just It's all it is. Putting a demand on His anointing. Putting a demand on His power. I just believe if He did it at that wedding of Cana, He'll do it for you. If he changed what was inside those jars, why can't he change what's inside of us? Are you here today and you would just say, that's me. Nobody's going to look down on you. I just showed you in the word. That's why he's here. I'm talking to the person right now before we pray. I just want to pray over you. And I want to ask you to just put a demand on his anointing, on his power to literally do for you what only he can do. But I just want to before we pray I just want you to just acknowledge again, faith putting a demand on it right now recognizing that there's something inside of me just like the water inside that pot there's something inside of me that Lord that Jesus I need you to change <laughs> and I believe church change is not only possible change is available because Jesus is here would you just say this with me Jesus. Now let's say it a little bit louder. Jesus, thank you for showing up today. Thank you for coming to where we are. And right now, not tomorrow, not next week, right now, I choose by faith to put a demand on your anointing on your power to do for me and in me and through me what only you can do. I believe by faith that my change is not just possible. My change is available right now in the presence of an almighty, all-powerful God. No longer am I bound I am free. No longer do I focus 
on my pain. I focus on my purpose. No longer do I focus on my hurt. I allow you to bring my healing. No longer do I focus on my anxiety. I put a demand on your anointing that brings to me my anointing, my power in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.